Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Healer Show. This is the third show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison and you are the Empowered Healer of yourself, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You are the empowered healer of your life. Now, I know I say this every week, but I am saying it over and over, and I will keep saying it because I want you to really take it in and believe in yourself. Believe that the power resides within you, not in the experts outside you. And all of the guests I have on this show are going to help you achieve that feeling that you are the empowered healer. So spiritual empowerment is the subject of today's show. How do we know if we have soul loss and then how we can heal ourselves through the process of soul retrieval? Last week, I hope you were on the show, uh, we had a wonderful guest, Hank Wesselman, who touched on the topic of soul loss as the third cause of illness from a shamanistic perspective. Now, I know that you know most people think that illness is caused by microbes and viruses that make us sick, but Hank Wesselman pointed out that it's on a, on a soul level, it's disharmony, fear, and loss of parts of who we are uh, called soul loss that really uh, create illness. Today, we're incredibly fortunate to have an expert on uh, the third cause of illness, soul loss. She's physical therapist and shamanic practitioner, Jill Kirkendall, co-author with her husband, Hank Wesselman, of the breakthrough book, Spirit Medicine. I just found out from her husband, Hank, that Jill has performed over 4,000 soul retrievals for clients in the past few years, which I find absolutely amazing, uh, incredible service that she has been doing. She's worked in a traditional medical setting as a physical therapist, and she's seen firsthand how people become ill. And there she began to see how they could heal in a more transpersonal way. Jill is a teacher of direct shamanic practice uh, at such facilities as Esalen, uh, which is Esalen Institute, which is here on the Big Sur coast of California. She's led drumming circles for women as well. Currently, she's in charge of a sustainable farm on Hawaii Island and consults with the military regarding the cases of PTSD that are being seen in those uh, soldiers that are returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, which I am interested in asking about. Today I'm hoping Jill will share her life with us and how we can become healthier, more in harmony with ourselves, more whole on a spirit level. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Sue. It's so nice to spend this time with you. 
Thanks. I just, I, it's been a long time, and uh, I should mention that Jill and Hank have been uh, my teachers, and I was in their in their advanced program for two years. So they come highly recommended. Um, they really helped me birth my book, Empowered Healer. Finally, after 20 years, they both um, were incredibly encouraging, and uh, their work has really impacted my work. So thank you personally, Jill, just yeah, for the... Yeah, uh, you know, I'll accept that because you had the direct experience and speak from that. And, and really, in many ways, that is the key to a lot of healing. So thank you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is that direct experience. It's it so is. true. Yeah, and I, that's why I put all the clients in my book, too, in terms of their own personal experiences that they can, um, you know, speak about and help inspire readers. And so that, you know, that's why I put so many cases in the book. Good. So I actually want to start not on a, on that topic, but I wanted to ask, just selfishly, how your farm is doing. Because the last time I talked to you, you were just planning it and you were even just sort of selecting the kind of plants you would grow. So I just would love an, a, just a quick update. About well, your farm. A quick, a quick update is whenever I leave the gardens for the day, um, I'll put tools down. I will finish a project so that it's all set to go through the evening. And yet I have learned that the next day when I go back out in it, it's not the same garden. Mm. That it has a life of its own. And there are things that go on, whether it's the wildlife that engages with the garden or the weather that changes. It's never quite the same as I leave it, and that's what keeps it fresh and exciting for me. Mm. Uh, I do live in a part of the world where the planting season is 365 days of the year. Wow. So there's none of this winter resting with a seed catalog next to the fireplace (laughs) for several months. Um, It's like, oh my gosh, this is blooming, and now this is ready to harvest. So it is engaging me in ways in which, I am definitely uh, paying attention and delighted by the life force that just runs through it <laughs> consistently. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, are you growing coffee? What are you growing? We started off with uh, a certain coffee orchard, and because they were new trees, um, they were quite vulnerable to what is affectionately known as the water event that occurred several years ago. We had a flash flood. And uh, the water channeled diagonally across our little farm here and took out the entire coffee orchard. And truthfully, I've never been in such an event in my life. I stood outside as the water became more and more and more, watching Mm. it pass with great velocity. And I realized I didn't know how to think about it. So Mm. I decided I wouldn't think about it. I would just perceive it. And, of course, Mm. I was attuned to what would be safe, uh, what would keep me feeling okay. And at the same time, I realized it was having a little bit of my own soul loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's about remaining conscious of the experience and then starting with where you are left with uh, at the end of it, calling yourself back and then getting to work. So in my case, mm-hmm. that was it for the coffee. It wow. made me stop and realize I was being given a clean slate from mm-hmm. what I thought I wanted to do, to reaching deep and asking at a deeper level, what is it I really want to do with wow. this little farm? And I thought, I want to grow food. Mm. And thus began a process in which I learned about that as a student, still am a student amongst the small farm farmers community out here, as well as I get to learn about myself, 
how mm-hmm. I approach things. Do I start from the periphery and move to the center, center to the periphery, all kinds of things <gasps> that begin to show up. So in one sense, it's not so, it doesn't so much matter what I'm growing, but the process of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. delighted to say that I've got a lot of perennial things now that are providing wonderful food. And if I really list them for you quickly, we're talking about varieties of pineapple and avocado and mm. mango and breadfruit. Oh. Um, I've got lychee. I've got bananas. I've got <laughs> hey, hey, when can we visit? <laughs> uh, see, this is what happens. People start to <laughs> lean in the direction. <laughs> you should never have told me. I sometimes need people to come out here and help me eat it. <laughs> hey, I'm there. I'm already feeling hungry for a couple of those <laughs> I will say this, that my primary focus now, having had the delight of being immersed into the growing of, of this land, is I'm aligned with something called the Trees That Feed Project. Hmm. Trees That Feed Foundation is the one that lays this out, and it really has a lot to do with the great perennial trees that are providing us with a lot of high nutrition Mm -hmm. and may, in fact, be key to reforesting different parts of the world that have been devastated uh, in in their attempts to, you know, sustain populations um, and something like the breadfruit, which we affectionately know as ulu out here, um, we are part of, I'm part of the reforestation of the ulu forest, which extended for 20 miles along uh, the Kona coast and was about two to three miles wide. And that was a huge forest of highly nutritious food that was available to the, the vast numbers of Hawaiians who lived here before contact. And, of course, a lot of it was taken out as soon as they knew that coffee did grow here. Yes. And was much more of a export crop. Mm-hmm. So we're all into bringing the, the capacity for our isolated island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean back to its own sustainability. Mm-hmm. Yes. But something that I've learned about sustainability that speaks to the level of our soul, which I refer to as our life essence, is that the only truly sustainable relationship is reciprocity. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, it isn't just a matter of what can I grow and take from my land. I have to give back to it, too. Absolutely. And that's the same whether it's a relationship with another person or even my relationship within myself. Mm -hmm. So I've learned in these practices of sustainable gardening, sustainable farming, that there's the outer tradition of that, and then there's the inner tradition as well. And like I said, when I was watching the flash flood take my crop away Mm -hmm. and felt a part of my life essence leave, it did so in a very purposeful way. It's an adaptive yes. mechanism to help us cope during a ki- time of coping. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and mm-hmm. it narrows us down, and yet we're not really meant to sustain that separation yeah. for a long period of time, or else it can end up with dissociation. Yes. So it's important that we notice when we're having that experience and to acknowledge it as this may be important, but don't go far. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, to call myself back. Yes. And that's part of the practice of caring and nurturing for my soul in response to these outer events. 
Yeah, no, I know. I like how you've reframed that. And <clears throat> excuse me, the whole concept of a clean slate, you know, yep. starting over and really growing what it is you truly wanted. And, it, you know, either at a soul level or in the ground. Right. And I, re- I love that. And also you mentioned PTSD, which kind of is a segue that leads us in. Um, you know, you mentioned disassociation. You mentioned, yes. you know, it's sort of a PTSD sort of thing that happens. Can yes. you say something about that in terms of either you know, the military in terms of that work that you've just been called to do fairly recently or in terms of your, your work as a physical therapist or wherever it applied uh, when you saw that, if you could mention something about that. I've been given a, a very long period of time in which to be exposed to PTSD specific to the military as well as the average uh, person on the street will, with true inner reflection, will identify those times in which they have experienced some post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's almost a hallmark for what triggers soul loss. Mm-hmm. But specific to um, the military aspects, for years after I began to offer work in soul retrieval to people I did not know, I would have a consistent request from people who were in the military or had recently been discharged from the military. They had completed their tour of duty, and now they were mm-hmm. entering back into civilian life. Yeah, I've Jill, we're going to have to take a break, so I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. But um, we want to hold this thought, listeners, which is about her work with the military and how PTSD is um, really a form of soul loss or connected to soul loss, which we'll talk about uh, when we return. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Are you experiencing imbalance and disharmony in your life? Do you feel like you're laboring under the burden of emotional trauma, failing relationships, or unresolved grief? Learn ways to turn your life around. Set yourself on the path of transformation with host Anjali Chug. Our topics of discussion will show you the way to feel happy and liberated. Start by tuning in every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time for Path of Transformation on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. 7th Wave Network. 
held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Hello and welcome back, everyone. We were just talking with our guest, Jill Kirkendall, uh, about the connection between PTSD and soul loss, among other fascinating things. So, Jill, just go ahead and jump in wherever you feel like you left off. <laughs> I, was, I was starting to talk about working with members of the military or people who were retired from the military that were aware that as a result of their military experience, they really felt as if a part of them was missing. And it was a, a very difficult thing for them to articulate in terms of labeling it in ways which they th- thought other people could understand. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them found out about this phenomenon called soul loss, which to me, again, is an aspect of your life essence that separates from the overall energetic field of your life essence as an adaptive mechanism. And it's supposed to be short-term temporary. But if, in fact, the trauma or the friction or the disharmony of the trauma continues, then, in fact, it will dissociate. And individuals who, by either being in the military or by military service uh, in combat zones, found that they'd experienced this dissociation, they were helped when they first read about it or learned about it or heard about it from somebody that maybe they were in a class with or they happened to hear somebody else talk about it, particularly somebody who had worked with me, and they began to identify with the description of what soul loss was, but it had never dawned on them that they mm. could get this part of themselves back. Yeah. And that's a very common uh, experience when people go, oh, yes, I know I've had soul loss. Mm-hmm. These various forms of trauma have occurred. And then if you ask them, did you know you can get that aspect of yourself back? That is such a foreign concept, but immediately they lean towards it. So I've had members of the military, veterans from World War II, the Korean Mm. War, the Vietnam War, uh, the Iraqi War, the first one back in 1991, I believe it was, and other members throughout the military experience uh, work with me. And somehow, of course, word of mouth being brought back into um, other avenues of connection. A couple of years ago, I got a request from a member of Congress who was helping to chair committees uh, or had a vital role in different congressional committees, um, would like to know more about my work and that more and more veterans were returning mm-hmm. with post-traumatic stress syndrome in which what the military community had to offer them was not enough. Exactly. And there were those who were interested enough to inquire, what else can we do? And I know they reached out to many different complementary and alternative medicine approaches, things that definitely are going to make a difference. But my work Mm -hmm. with veterans was what was specifically being called upon, and I created suggestions in a proposal which I then sent back for consideration 
Mm-hmm. Now, I will say the election of 2010 did change the position of chairmanships of these committees, and different choices were made. And most things were not followed up on except where they took hold in different communities in our country mm-hmm. where there were some pretty vital um, people who were interested in working with the VA and the different um, veterans who were in, in close need. So I, I, I want to say that for the most part my heart is in community activism and mm-hmm. having those that really uh, interface uh, with the public and at the point of delivery of services, these are the ones that I'm looking to inspire and yes. to infuse with courage in which if they feel the call to act on it. And there are those in different pockets of the country who are. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. believe the committees are going any further now with this, but there was a period of time in which some seeds were planted. Yes. And so my, my idea is that I'm available and willing to talk to anyone that would like to contact me about furthering mm-hmm. these concepts. But I, I do know that it's important at the level of those in the military who are seeking healing at the soul level Yes. That they work with somebody who has gone through something similar to what they've gone through, who understands the level of the soul and its capacity to create reunion mm-hmm. and afford this person a greater degree of wholeness yes. so that they can go forward in life. Um, when you hear a statistic like there's more military suicides in a month than there are combat fatalities, you realize something is profoundly wrong. Absolutely. And much more needs to be done in terms of mm-hmm. helping these individuals restore. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing this work. And um, Hank mentioned to me that um, the military might be interested in your book, Spirit Medicine, which I think would yes. be fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. And I also have a contact for you that I'll give you later of someone in Washington, D.C. Okay. Uh, who, would, who would be, she's going to be actually be on my show eventually, and she's, um, would be just a great person. Uh, she just met with the Pentagon with some of her ideas from her book. Oh. And, um, yeah, so I'll put you in contact with her. And um, I was also wondering, are you, it says in somewhere I read about you, it said something that you were consulting with military, consulting with people right there in the islands. Is that true? No, that's not, at this point, no. I was in California when I was living there, but I left there about five years ago, so it's not something that's up to date. Um, but, again, I was contacted while I was living out here so to, mm. to do the congressional work. And uh, so I, I must say that it's something that needs more and consistent attention. Yes. And I know there are people for, for whom their religions and, and their belief systems serve them very well, and I would like folks to know that, that soul retrieval is not something that is just suddenly thought up over in a far corner of some spiritual movement. This is the oldest form of healing that is known to mankind, in which mm. we participated at a level to re- restore wholeness to an individual. It's been something we humans have been doing for each other for over 40,000 years. And the fact that I actually stumbled into it, the phenomenon of it, when I was working full-time in acute care hospital settings, um, lets me know that it still exists at a level where we can perceive it as a natural phenomenon. We know we can sense that we've had the experience of loss, but to recognize when, in fact, an aspect of our soul comes back to us, to be able to perceive that in other people is really a gift. 
Yes. And then you begin to perceive it in yourself, and then you realize, well, what about those parts of a person that don't come back? Mm. What can we do? And fortunately, we've had the skills and abilities in a very purposeful and disciplined way to assist individuals in bridging that part of their soul back to them. Wow. I love, can you tell just one story? Was there one sort of incident, some connection with a patient that you said, you know, that you've stumbled onto this? Can you share just, you know, something a little more specific? Yes, I am still a licensed physical therapist. And at one point I uh, was working in acute care hospital setting in California. um, And I was assigned... um, a patient load that had to do with the coronary care unit. In other words, these are people who are in acute care issues regarding their heart, heart surgery, um, some mm-hmm. sort of heart intervention of some kind. So it's a, it was, to be in the, the coronary care unit is like being in the coronary ICU. Mm-hmm. It's very, very um, high high tech and critical care moments. And for some reason, something in me kept having me volunteer for these kinds of cases, particularly when a person was getting out of bed for the first time. Mm. Now, that's something that I take for granted. Yes. <laughs> days. Uh, but when you're talking about being flattened by a heart attack or heart surgery, and now there's this critical moment where the doctor is asked that the patient successfully get out of bed mm. and stay up for about 15 minutes, that's key, and it has a lot to do with you getting better yes, and going home uh, and on your way to recovery. So often they'll send in a professional because there's lines and there's leads and there's all kinds of things, and plus you need to monitor a patient so they don't become overwhelmed. <clears throat> and I walked into a room in which there was a man, an elderly man, who was not happy. Mm. He had literally come in just to have this, angiogram because his wife was bugging him to do it and he said all right i'll go do it he never expected he'd actually stay in the hospital have surgery to repair whatever needed to be repaired as a result of the angiogram and now here he is a surgical patient in ccu and he was not happy nor Mm. did he want some stranger coming in and helping him he was rude to the max Mm. and Being a professional, I had to deal with a certain amount of that regardless. But after he had pretty much um, made it clear he didn't want anything to do with me, I sat and I said, this is what's on the line. And right now I'm the one in the room to help you begin to move, sit up on the side of the bed, stand up, take a few steps, and truthfully, that's going to be the first key feature to you getting out of here. (laughs) Yep. So he accepted my presence, he said, for a a little while. And I did help him come to sitting on the side of the bed, and that can take a lot of effort. And so Mm -hmm. as this grumpy man who doesn't have any respect for me is sitting there catching his breath, I begin to see something energetically move in the room. Mm. And it was as if it was not really, um, it wasn't clear in terms of a shape or form, but it was an energetic around him that drew closer to him and then merged with him. Wow. And when you see something like that, you think, oh, my gosh, is it the lighting in the room or in the hallway? Am I going into burnout? Something Mm. different is going on here. 
Yes. And I thought, well, all the numbers look good on the screen. Let's just keep going. And you know what? He, he physically relaxed within 30 seconds of this happening. He looked at me with a kinder face, and he said, you know what? I do feel like getting up. Oh, wow. And I said, great. Let's use wow. that. <laughs> wow. Got him to stand. He wasn't grumbling. He caught his breath again, took a few steps sat in a chair knowing that the nurses would come and help him back to bed. And by the time I left the room, he was even attempting to whistle. Wow. And the nurses looked at me when I walked out like, what did you do, knowing that he was, in fact, a fairly grumpy individual? Mm. You see, this is what I mean by the phenomenon revealed itself to me. All I did was see it. I didn't even know what I was seeing initially. Yes. But it would translate into a person shifting into a position of feeling a, just a little bit more alive, less mm-hmm. frightened, and maybe having just a little more power under their belt to take on the task at hand. Wow. So a number of these events occurred while I was in the hospital until I actually got on the phone and started calling some of my energy-working friends. Mm-hmm. And they described something similar, you know, yeah, but they didn't really have any historical context to it. But it was my husband, Hank Wesselman, who overheard me. And he said, you're describing a very ancient healing response. And wow. it's called soul retrieval. Fantastic, Joe. We have to take a break. But that's such an interesting story and how spontaneously that you just fell into it and right. organically um, became um, a practitioner of soul retrieval. Right. It's fantastic. We'll be right back. Okay. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Goodbye, self-critical. Hello, self-thrilled. Can you define your talent in six words or less? Are you using your inner resource, intuition, to teach you how? Listening to Joyce Anderson of Conversations with Yourself will work your intuitive muscle to discover your divine talent. Each week, your host, Joyce Anderson, teaches practices to jumpstart your intuition as your GPS to becoming self-thrilled. From sports to business to music and food, talent is everywhere. Find yours. Joyce and her guests will share their how-to stories on being self-thrilled. Tune in to Conversations with Yourself Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Channel and ignite your talent. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. We are held in the hands of the goddess. 
You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, we're having a fascinating discussion with Jill Kirkendall, who is a shamanic practitioner who practices soul retrieval and was just telling us a story about when she was a physical therapist and really just began to see energies and began to help people heal without even realizing what it was called at the time until her husband, Hank Wesselman, was able to say, you're practicing something ancient, which is called soul retrieval. So I wanted to um, have Jill tell us a bit about what are the signs that someone uh, is experiencing soul loss, like what you as listeners can, you know, take a look at it within your own lives, your own body, mind, spirit, and see if you're experiencing some soul loss, what the signs are, and then how to heal it. So, Jill, can you talk about that a bit? Yes, and, and along with talking about the signs of it, I'd also um, like to mention some of the things that cause it. Yes. Um, so that people can consider both at the same time. Great. The, the general thought about soul loss is that something traumatic happens, something that is overwhelming, um, can in fact be intensely disharmonic, that would in fact be considered trauma at some level. And you know, there's even what I call perceptual trauma in which you're perceiving something and it would appear to you to be tremendously traumatic, but in fact, for those who may know the full story or may be older and wiser, they recognize that that it is not the trauma that somebody younger or not as informed would see it to be. So let's just say something traumatic happens and is valid for that person at the level of what they're perceiving and experiencing. And during that time, a uh, uh, part of our soul, which is energetic and very much associated with the body, the life that we're living, a part of it will leave its unified connection and separate in order to narrow us down so that we can literally cope and in some situations survive. So mm-hmm. anything that would be traumatic, such as, let's say, a car accident, or any other form of physical trauma uh, that may occur. It can even be as something like falling down. And children may fall down, and they tend to bounce back up. But I don't know about you, the last time I fell down was an adult. I didn't bounce right back up. No, we and don't. It may can even make you stop and go into certain fears and disharmony, like, am I okay? I don't know if I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about doesn't have to be a big deal trauma. It can be something that can jar us at the level of our well-being, and it can affect us physically, mentally, and emotionally. So mm-hmm. even uh, a divorce can be something that yep. prompts soul loss. Yes. There are other, other kinds mm-hmm. of things like combat. We were talking about the military. Uh, there can be events which we do not identify with, and yet we find ourselves completely caught up in them, 
and we may have solos in order to find out how, how do you cope in a situation like this. You know, people who heard a, a siren and had to evacuate a building like a hotel, they were never harmed. Yeah. Everything was organized. Other people were managing. They were always within reach of safety. But they experienced solos because it was an unfamiliar experience and it was out of their control. So we're talking about things that can overwhelm our sensibilities, our, our sense of safety and security, anything that would be defined as well-being. And once you've had that experience, you may find that later on, that's when you start to shake. It's like the adrenaline reaction. Your body mm-hmm. starts to shake a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's a physical sign within 24 hours of soul loss having occurred. But then there are other things that will start to build on it to where there'll be some insecurities and uncertainties about things that, for the most part, you feel secure and certain about. You also Mm -hmm. may find that you start to dive into little moments of despair and depression, and that can compound into a chronic depression. There's also a feeling of listlessness or a failure to thrive, Um, A kind of apathy settles in, like, why bother? Mm. There can be the opposite of hypersensitivity and hyperarousal and hypervigilance and irritability and all of those things that will go hand in hand with soul loss. And it's, you know, one of those features that will start to take on something unique for each person. It's one of the reasons why listing just the signs and symptoms of it is always a bit inadequate for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because think, having mm-hmm. worked with so many people, it starts to show up in ways which if you ask yourself, what in my life is not really working? Is it within my relationships? Is it in my health or my body issues? Is it in my job or my career? Those are the main areas in which you say, what really isn't working? And is there a pattern associated with that, a mm-hmm. pattern in my life? that doesn't really serve me, and I would prefer that it change. Mm-hmm. Now, these are very important questions to ask in the present moment. Yes. And then you start to lay down some of the things that um, may, in fact, be indicative of soul loss. Mm. Now, you can also ask yourself the question, what times in my life do I sense or know that I've had this experience of soul loss? And we can talk, you know, the talk of identifying times when a parent dies or when a car accident occurred, a point in which an individual was molested mm-hmm. or they were traumatized, physically abused in some fashion. You go down a long list of what was overwhelming, what was traumatic in a person's life. And these are times in which soul loss may have occurred, in which there was not a natural rhythm of reunion. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is that within, the, within our life essence, even though it will adapt and go into a moment of separation for us to cope, it really is meant to come back into reunion. Mm. And so if we are gifted the time and the phase in which to move away from the tra- trauma and the traumatic period to reharmonize, mm-hmm. then we can, in fact, afford a spontaneous return of that life essence, very much like what I observed in the hospital. I didn't do that. I was mm-hmm. there when a person made a very life-affirming gesture, and that was to get out of bed. Wow. 
and their life essence responded by coming back to them because they got out of bed. Mm-hmm. Horizontal in bed for a long time is a position of death. Mm. When you make the effort to sit up and stand up, you're sending a signal throughout your body and your energy system, I'm alive and mm-hmm. I'm staying alive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the energy that has separated, if it hasn't dissociated, is unavailable to come back. And that's what I was observing. Mm. So when people recognize, well, it's within my life essence to come back into reunion, then maybe there's a few things I can do to begin that process. Mm-hmm. And you begin by asking yourself these questions. What's not working in my life? What pattern doesn't serve me and I'd love to change? And what are those times in my life in which I most likely experience so much? Hmm. Wow. Do you, do you do this with clients, Jill? In other words, do you have them like go through a list of things that perhaps have happened to them and, and uh, communicate that to you and also answer those questions? questions that you just asked i do and what's interesting is although i was led to have people respond to these questions it's not about filling me with information or news about that person mm-hmm. behind the scenes in in the spiritual side of things a person putting themselves into the process in other words they're mm-hmm. creating the call for this healing yes they are energetically affording a reconnection between themselves and those parts of their life essence that dissociated into a whole other level of reality and to bridge from one level to another one to create a connection and an outcome from that connection, that to me is a definition of true magic. And so without knowing it, by doing the hard work of answering these questions, they're literally energetic energetically setting up the reconnection with that which is rightfully theirs to connect with and have brought back to them. Wow. So it oh, comes so with, positive. Yes, it comes with the fact that we all have this capacity and we come from a sincere heart in creating this call for ourselves. Now, one thing that is helpful to know is that the spiritual aspect of life in which we really do have... Uh, part of our life very much engaged with that, it will show up and help you if you remember to ask. Mm. And when you throw yourself in by responding with the information to the questions, the spirits will come and attend to that and assist in bridging the soul parts back to the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have to remember to ask. Yes. It's so obvious and yet we all forget. <laughs> we do forget. We forget to realize we're not alone, that we do have, you know, spirit helpers, whether you call them angels or allies on the the spirit plane. We all have them. You know, it's like Doreen Virtue and all the writers say that, you know, they're there and we just have what we have to ask. And you can work within your own tradition. Yes. You know, if you are a very devout Christian, you have some extraordinary spirits that you are already focused on that can work on your behalf. Mm-hmm. via this reunion. And I must say that Jesus of Nazareth comes quite often with soul retrieval work. 
You know, isn't that true? I see that with my clients when I do shamanic work. And, you know, I have not considered myself a traditional Christian, but Jesus is definitely one of my spirit allies and has done healings on me and on my husband. And um, so you're right. I see Jesus. Uh, and for my husband, Jesus and Mary. And, need, and my husband's Buddhist. And so right. I think the, these are universal, universal helpers. Absolutely, and there are those that are not even that well known. Yes, that will very simply true. come with the same degree of grace, shall we yes. say, to be of service. And it's not about their identity or any movement that comes with them. No, nope. and it's very humbling and it's totally loving. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we have to take a break. But this is <laughs> this is so fascinating. I don't want to go to break, but we have to. And we'll be right back with Jill Kirkendall. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Is there a difference between dream work and intuition? The relationship is closer than you think. These are mutually supportive concepts. When you dream, your intuition serves as a foreshadow of the future and can bring rapid results through dream analysis. Tune in to The Partnership of Intuition and Dreams with your host, Dr. Marcia Emery. Explore this unique relationship and learn to understand how the symbolism of dreams can be clarified. Listen every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Yes, you can live a more positive and spiritual life. One step you can take each week is to tune in to What We're Thinking About with host Ken Ludwig. This program is designed to provide thought-provoking discussion after each week's show. Ken and his guests will challenge you to look at things in an entirely different way, to step outside the comfort zone and see the universe as it truly is. What We're Thinking About can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com. Or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
888-447-5795. Or you can send an email to the empowered healer at comcast.net. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to this incredible conversation with Jill Kirkendall. And uh, when we were just speaking off air, I asked her a question about can we, uh, in a sense, do soul retrieval on our own? Can we help to, to create this reunion of our soul's parts and bring them back together? And I had goosebumps when I was thinking of that question. So I want to ask Jill if it's possible for uh, our listeners, for people to begin this process on their own. Absolutely. In fact, when um, I talk to people after a soul retrieval, I'll say there's something to keep in mind in that caring and nurturing for your soul becomes part of a life way. It becomes part of what you do every day, just like brushing your teeth, taking a shower, attending to other things that you do every day. And I encourage people as a way of attending to their soul to recognize that it has to deal with a lot on a day-to-day basis and what a good practice it is to end your day with the thought of calling yourself back to you Mm. and if there has been soul loss that has occurred during the day and now you're entering into your own dream state this is a perfect opportunity in which to call these soul parts back Now, that's Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis, and part of the value of that is it also helps to keep your personal power up. Mm -hmm. It keeps you in the game, in other words, in terms of continuing to associate with your soul as carrying a lot of awareness for you. It gives you a lot of guidance. It helps you to become clear about the distinction between who you think you are and who you feel you are, which is often who you're afraid you are, Mm -hmm. and who you really are. So you're fostering this relationship with yourself and you're going to care for it on a day-to-day basis, particularly in calling yourself back to you at the end of the day. Now, if you've had soul loss and dissociation has occurred, it begins by affording the call to know that as you really reach deep to answer and be truthful with yourself, with the answers to the questions I posed, then, in fact, you're laying out your truth as you're experiencing it, and it is completely valid. And given that, you know it can also change. And your heart's desire to receive back aspects of you, back into your overall life essence, means there's more of you available to you to live your life, particularly being in the present moment. Mm. Now, you you will have ups and downs, that's true, because in many ways, we're given these bodies in which to have a diverse array of experiences for the sake of the evolution of the immortal aspect of the soul. Mm -hmm. It's great to learn the lessons of those that we would call negative, yeah? Yes. And to develop the discipline to be able to choose better and maybe even choose quickly so that we can move into the positive experiences more often. Mm-hmm. But when you, in fact, put the call out, you're creating that energetic thread. And yet there's something naturally altruistic about this work. Even if you're doing it on your own, you are not alone. The spirit world is the world that's responding to this call because where does the correction need to be made in the spirit level? This mm-hmm. is where the dissociated soul part has gone. 
Yes. So it means that you're going to put the call out for at least one helping spirit to come and engage that soul part and companion it back to you. And in many ways, it's a spirit helper that's also designed to afford you companionship for the sake of empowerment as well. Mm. And that empowerment does come back up when a soul part is reunited with your overall life essence. Again, when you call yourself back at the end of the day, it's one of the ways in which we keep ourselves empowered. Mm -hmm. You may become curious. Well, who is this spirit that's helping me? And that's when you begin to open the window of the part of us that is engaged with the spirit world. And I do believe that this engaging with the spirit world in which the immortal aspect of our soul calls home is very much about being human. Yes. We have the outer reality of human experiences, and then we have the spiritual aspect of experiences. And they all fall into what makes us a complete human. And if you discover that it's an animal spirit that's come to companion you and to assist you in escorting these soul parts back, that is often known as a power animal. Human beings have been relating to animal spirits for a very, very long time. And yet it may be of an angelic presence. It may be an ancestral spirit, someone who lived that you knew be a grandparent, or mm-hmm. even someone within your lineage that you didn't know. But what's key about mm-hmm. that ancestor is they love you. They love the fact that you're embodied, that you are mm-hmm. in fact an expression now in a physical form, and they're willing to serve you, be of service to you, if you remember to ask. Yes, which is the key. It's a key, Hanjo. Huh, yeah. Yeah. We we just have we have two minutes to close. So I I do want to say that those of you who want to uh, learn more about Jill Kirkendall, you can go to their website. She and Hank Wesselman have a wonderful website uh, called SharedWisdom.com. You can go there. You can read about all their courses that they offer. You can read about them in terms of you know more details about their lives, and uh, you can email them and. And so um, I wanted to put that out, Jill. I know you have some events coming up at Esalen, and I think in I think in Oregon and on Maui. Is that right? Yes. Most of this, Hank will be doing the traveling. I've got a big farm project that's coming up. So, <laughs> that's right. Uh, he's heading out on the road, but I join him as often as I can. I know you do, and I love. You know, I just told Hank this uh, about having the two of you. Um, this male-female essence, a man and his wife doing this work together, and it's very balanced and incredible, and you're both so humble, which I have not always found in the shamanic community. Oh, and I just want to say that the two of you are amazing uh, teachers and uh, mentors, and I want to thank you so much, um, Jill, for being on the show today. Thank you, Sue. It's great to talk to you. Wonderful. And I wanted to just say to the listeners that uh, next week we have two guests uh, who are going to talk about uh, being cancer-free, one of them for over 30 years. Uh, they have ways to help you heal from whatever is going on in your life, but particularly they're experts about cancer. And um, I think that you, you're going to think the show is amazing next week as it has been this week. So all of you listeners, remember that you are the empowered healers of your own lives you can turn turn inward and uh, empower yourself on a daily basis. And as Jill said, you can ask for help 
You can call on spirit allies. You can call on ancestors. You can call on the beings that you already believe in in your own spiritual practice. And so I'm very happy you've been here and look forward to having you next week. And until then, this is the Empowered Healer Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held.